0: Hello, my name is Alexander Lopma and you are listening to Photographic Catalan's podcast. My guest today is Erik Johansson, who is a photographer, retoucher and a Photoshop maestro from Sweden. His exhibition Places Beyond can be seen in Photographic Catalan until the January of 2021. We are going to talk about his mind-bending works, how he gets his inspiration, Uh, what got him started in this work in the first place, and much, much more. So do enjoy. Can you tell me if you had any dreams tonight? Oh, I dream all the time, but I usually forget
1: about them, um, unless I really sketch them down. I can't say that the ideas in general are so inspiring. It's more about daydreaming to me that makes that creates my ideas. Night dreams are usually just weird.
0: Oh but have you had a period when you sketch them out or where you try to remember them? I try, yeah. I guess I, I
1: um yeah, I try to do this and I would say it does happen that some parts of ideas can come in dreams. But it's, uh, I mean, I want my images to be logical in a way or like kind of make sense in the way in this universe that is kind of like surreal and weird in a way. So, but dreams are usually a little bit too crazy and uh, they require daydreaming to develop them more into like something that makes sense. I guess. Do you
0: have a theory of what dreams are? I or think, your reveal? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean,
1: dreaming is very interesting somehow. I think it's uh, just the, the way that the brain needs to like sort all the impressions it got during the day, I guess. And, mm-hmm. and it's just like a, a byproduct of that sorting maybe somehow that it creates... Dreams, But I I guess it's somehow evolutionary, important or interesting uh, or like good, I guess, because why else would we dream? Like we still dream and animals dream as well, I guess, because you can see like a dog sleeping, like running in the sleep. And uh, it seems to be something that's maybe it's kind of a way to test scenarios that will happen in real life. You have a nightmare that makes you scared of something. And maybe that makes sense somehow evolutionary speaking that it can be like good to be afraid of things.
0: But you said that you do daydream. Yeah. What are your daydreams mostly uh, consist of? I think about all kinds of things. I think it's more about
1: uh I mean I think my mind drifts a lot. It's more about that I, I'm, I start thinking about something and then I just uh, kind of like follow the path of that and I just like get lost in my thoughts and I, it, one thing makes me think of another thing and, and uh, I think it doesn't always lead to ideas but uh, I, it's always something that I have in, my back, in the back of my head that I should think about things that can be useful for, for future products and that's what I do, I guess. Did your parents used to read to you as a child? My parents are a little bit similar to me, very like, uh, I mean, I ca- I think always on their way somewhere, I guess. <laughs> Maybe they didn't have so much time to read for me, but I did read and and I did uh, borrow like children's books and things like this from the library and, and uh, books have been kind of inspiring to me, but I think more when I was little, like children's books mainly.
0: Can you name some names?
1: I would say uh, the books by Sven Nordqvist, uh, Petson and Findus. Uh, Elsa Beskov, uh, Jan Löw, uh, there's some of the Swedish authors that, that inspires me. I guess also Moomin, for example. Uh, oh, yeah. I think all these worlds that are somehow, all these like rich illustrated uh, children's books that, that creates a world that you kind of can almost like relate to, feel like you can be part of. I think that's that has been a really big inspiration to me. And I think that's connected to what I'm trying to, to do myself as well.
0: Do you remember or can you name a time from your childhood when you realized that the world is bigger or more mysterious? Hmm. than you had previously known?
1: I think it's always been going the other way that like you start off thinking that the world is mysterious and magical and then as you grow older the world gets less and less mysterious so I think for me it's more like uh, what I'm trying to do partly with my work as well to create some kind of contrast to that and kind of like find a way back to this magical worlds and that's what I'm trying to create sometimes. Um, I mean just the fact that someone is, like people are working with putting up the moon in the sky, maybe when you're a child maybe you even think that that's how it how it is but then you grow up and you know that it's not and i think sometimes my work is just about putting a bit of this magic back into the world
0: Mm -hmm. but can you can you point to a time maybe uh, maybe it's not something mysterious or but something that when you had a point in your childhood when you realized that oh the world is not the way that i've known it to be so far
1: Hmm. i guess uh I mean maybe finding out that Santa Claus isn't real or what? yeah <laughs> I'm sorry to break it to you <laughs> I think it's uh, I mean it's hard to say a specific thing I think I think if it's just it just happens very gradually so we don't even notice it for most parts it's just that when you're a child you think that the world is more is like huge and magical and everything and i think just slowly over time even like today like compared to 10 years ago i feel like the world is even smaller because i travel more i guess and i think when you're a child you fly to somewhere far away and it feels like it's taking forever and now it's just like you just jump on the plane and then you're there
0: (laughs) yeah um I'll tell you a story that came up yesterday because yesterday you showed us your works and by the way thank you for coming here as well it's so nice that somebody could actually fly here very Uh, excited to be here uh, and so yesterday you were showing us your works and one of the works that I had seen before uh, it's from like eight or nine years ago I think called Set Them Free and it's a work people can look it up uh, when they're listening to us but if people don't know it's basically a painting of boats that somebody is emptying into like a lake or or a sea to basically set the boats uh, free. And, uh, and you remember I said that it's uh, like you wanted to set them free, but actually you put them in a bigger cage. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because yesterday, after uh, we had the small tour with you, I went to uh, with my grandmother to her sister's grave. Uh, her sister, so my great aunt, passed away five years ago. She was an amazing woman. She also lived in Sweden uh, most of her life. And so this is one of the reasons why uh, Sweden is a dear place to me. Mm. And she was a beautiful, wonderful, funny lady. And uh, But she had health issues her entire life, mm. but she was very optimistic, very like healthy in, uh, in the mental, uh, mental sense. And she used to say this thing that when you're healthy, your life is in a frame, and it's a very big frame. And every time you have a new health issue coming up, the only thing that happens is that the frame gets smaller. But mm. as, as long as you notice that this is the frame that, that I'm living in, I can still be happy. I can still enjoy life. And uh, it's kind of the opposite of what, what you are doing because you're taking everything from like a smaller frame and trying to put it in a bigger frame. And there is a question in what I'm saying somewhere. I'm not sure what the question is, <laughs> but can you tell me something about that?
1: Yeah, it's very interesting way of thinking about it, that we're kind of being more limited and things are being taken away. Um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, to me, creating these works is, is partly about expanding people's views, like to, to make them think differently about things. So I, I, I do think that uh, expanding people's frames is, is definitely part of my work in, in, in a sense. I'm not sure if I can make people more healthy, uh, but I think just to make people think differently or, or at the world and 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 at least think something
0: uh, I think that's uh, that's part of what this is about I think inspiring people mhm your newest work called the stuck inside uh, mm-hmm. is something that looks quite different to what you have done before and it's does make sense in the context that we are living in and it's uh it's also kind of the opposite of what we were just talking about it's somebody being stuck inside and then you're not just stuck inside a room but you're also stuck inside with your own thoughts because you have nobody to uh relate to Mm. for you as an artist Has the last like six months or so been different uh, with your creative process or the way Mm. that you have thought or have your um, ways of thinking changed in any way?
1: Yeah, I think this whole COVID situation has, uh, I mean, first of all, it has limited my way of i mean being able to travel, which I'm quite used to. And basically all exhibitions and, and conferences and things have been put on hold. So I'm very excited that to be able to do an exhibition here now. In terms of creativity, I think it has been quite interesting time. It has made me, it has forced me to be like creating a routine in prague where i live and uh, and just to like work on my personal work uh, more and and uh, and focus more on coming up with ideas and that's what i've been doing and and i think uh, it has uh, in a cri- quite creative time, in that sense, I haven't really like shot much of this, but but uh, a lot of the ideas have uh, is, is stuff that I'm a lot of different thoughts I had and, and a lot of sketches I made, and I think uh, you will see the result of this later this year and uh, next year when I have time to realize all of it.
0: Do you have any uh, theories on why or how you became a creative person? I feel like. I
1: I feel some la- somehow like everyone is maybe to some extent creative to begin with. Uh, I mean, children are really good at making games out of almost anything, and we we naturally just play with things and explore things. But then, as we grow older, we learn that we should do things a certain way, and we kind of forget to play. And I think I just never stopped playing. I guess, and and I kept doing this, and and. Uh, I always had a need to express myself visually. I guess uh, I, I always liked drawing, and and I always had these ideas in my head that I felt like I have to somehow express them in some way, and and uh, that's what I just what I just kept doing. I guess so. So it's hard for me to say how I became a creative person. I think it's just something I I was. And,
0: yeah. You have the work uh, comfort zone with the yeah. lady who's uh, either stuck or willfully in a small uh, yeah. room or a small house. Yeah. Relating to what you were just saying, Mm. have there been or what obstacles have you had to overcome to be actually able to do what you do? Because I'm guessing Mm. like there are thousands and thousands, if not millions of people Mm. who feel like, oh, I want to express myself. I want to do this. I want to do that. But they have all kinds of excuses. They're living in their comfort zone. Can Mm. you name something that you've had to like push yourself out of to be able to do what you're doing right now?
1: Yeah, I think it's always... I mean, the, the really the hardest part of the process I would say is to start to really like just like get started on something because it feels like you can always wait a bit more and like plan it a bit more and thinking about how can I do it differently or maybe it's not the time to do it yet and I think this is something I did a lot in the beginning that I like felt like, yeah, but can I do this? Maybe I do it later and uh, I think at some point I just forced myself to start doing things and uh, sometimes it worked out, sometimes I failed but... I mean, if failure is the worst thing that can happen, then at least you learn something from the failure. And I think this, like, just having this momentum to always try to do new things, I think that is the best way to push yourself to to create things. So, um, I mean, there's there are new comfort zones, of course, all the time. And I think like I'm starting to end up in a new form of comfort zone that I'm I, I create this work now. I have like a style that I'm doing. And I'm living in a place that I'm enjoying and I think at some point I will have to cr- do some kind of change in order to force myself to, I don't know, reinvent myself or do something differently, I think. So I'm not sure if i be doing the exact same in 10 years, maybe I'm doing something completely different and I hope that I will have the strength to kind of like break out of this new comfort zone that I'm creating for myself.
0: Your work. When I first, I know I've seen some of your works, like the guy dragging the road behind him, and mm-hmm. some other on the internet, like years and years and years ago. Yeah. But uh, but now, when I uh, when I saw your works, when they came into our house, house, the first uh, name that popped into my head that reminded me of a lot of your works was Ro Gonzalez, as this mm-hmm. amazing, amazing, amazing things. And uh, is he somebody that you've been uh, inspired by? Uh,
1: yeah, definitely. Uh, he's this Canadian painter uh, painting uh, something called like magical realism. I guess he calls it. It's uh, it's definitely a big inspiration for me. Uh, one of the top four, I think, artists that I that I enjoy the most. I think, in a way,
0: there is. Uh, uh, and the reason I'm bringing him up, and you could basically pick any artist, mm-hmm. but if if I look at his works, when I look at your works, it's the way. I feel the way I think. I might be wrong and correct Mm -hmm. me if I am. It's not just that you come up with those ideas. Mm. It's also that in some sense, this is the way in which you see the world. Yeah, I
1: think that's, uh, yeah, there is some truth to that, I would say. Um, I mean, I know that the world is not the way that I create it, but I guess I I have the the ability to have a vision of, of it being like that that, I, that it could be like that somehow and i think that's important uh, in order to be, be able to like visualize what this is in your head before you actually start planning it and thinking about how can i actually bring it to life uh, how can i bring it from this like abstract thoughts in, in my head
0: to to something that i can share with others like mm-hmm. but can you tell me if like because again when i look at your works it there is all, always like a puzzle. There, there is like yeah, some some yeah. mystery, some something perplexing. There is like something that mm. is like you're almost like you're trying to understand something, but you're not quite like it's just like and you're you're expressing your uh, your wish or your uh, just the desire to understand some part of the world. Mm. And do do you know what it is? Do you know what it is that like perplexes you, or do you know what it is that that you're trying to solve or understand?
1: I think I don't really know it myself always. I think it's just... Something that is there, I, I think like every portrait or like every image somehow is almost like a self portrait in, in or a reflection of my inner thoughts somehow I think that 's why I also keep returning to certain subjects and I, I think it 's just subjects that are close to me, and uh, all the decisions I do from coming up with the idea to like which idea I should realize next and to like the amount of different effects and and composition and everything it, it's it 's kind of like gut feeling or like following some kind of inner intuition. So I think I'm colored a lot by this, and, and uh, that includes also the, the weird things or the, the, the questions I don't really have answers to in the pictures as well.
0: Mm-hmm. But uh, again, coming back to your childhood, mm-hmm. can, you, can you remember or can you tell me about the time when you, when you found the world very puzzling? Or was there, <laughs> was there something that, uh, that, that happened then that like, opened up a portal for you? That because uh, because it looks like again I'm I'm going back to the to the, to the previous <laughs> point that it all it seems like there's a puzzle and you're just trying to like you're solving a, and it's it's probably it's not possi- possible possible mm. to solve it you know but do you know where like what was the initial like push?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it was just. I mean, I grew up on a farm in the Swedish countryside with a lot of forests and open landscapes, and uh, I think it was very idyllic landscape and and world to live in, and I think somehow. I felt like that was the world I was comfortable in, and and the world outside of that, like the cities and everything else that looked differently, was a bit scary. I think, and I guess I, it was not until I, I started growing older and started going to school and and seeing that it can be also fine in in different places. But I do remember that I was feeling very comfortable back in my in the, the area where I grew up, and and uh, and I think this is something that I'm trying to. Um, it just gradually disappeared, and, and, and it's something that I've been like, I keep searching for. And, and I think nostalgia is also like a big driving force in my work as well. And I'm trying to find, um, find a way back to these places by doing the work and also by shooting a lot of their locations around the area where I grew up as well.
0: When looking at your works today and yesterday and thinking about the world, and especially in the last uh, six, seven months, mm. in a strange way, your works look more normal than normal photography uh, because the world has gotten so strange and there is something so perplexing for everyone yeah. uh, except if you're somebody who just has the ability to, to shut them off completely, you mm-hmm. know? And, and in a weird way, it's the world has gotten so weird that mm-hmm. something that in a normal, uh, normal setting would seem w- very strange right now, it seems like, oh yeah, this is the way that the world works. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird how the world has become surreal. I mean, it's not really something that we want, maybe. Uh,
1: It's a very strange time that we never really thought that we would experience, I think, most of us. I think yeah, it's weird to say that my ideas or, or my images are more normal than the world we live in now, but I guess it's maybe partly true to some extent. I think it's also interesting that some of the subjects in my images, it's almost like they have kind of become you can almost have like a corona perspective on it. Kind of, mm-hmm. I have this like giant reset button or some kind of button that would do something. Uh, it's called a big red button. And um, I think a lot of people would like to press that reset button now and make things go back more to normal, for example.
0: Is it something that you uh, think about with, um, with everything that's going on right now? Like in what shape? Are we going to come out of it? Is there Are there things that are going to change permanently? Or is it just something that in a few years it's going to be over and everything is going to go back to normal?
1: I think it's definitely going to change. Um, I think the, the travel habits of people might change. I, I think that we are getting used to now that we don't have to travel everywhere. We don't have to fly like a thousand kilometers away just for a meeting, for example, because now people learn how to have video meetings. This works as well sometimes. So I, I'm hoping that, we're, that we are, like, taking this, like, I mean, that we learn something from this and, and not just take it um, for granted, the, the world we live in. I guess the distance has, has grown, I mean, now. I mean, just to get here to Estonia, usually you can, you can fly a direct flight and it takes maybe, like, two hours. Now I had to fly via Frankfurt and it takes six hours because yeah. it's just the distance has increased in that sense.
0: Do you think in a deeper sense, we're going to like humanity as a whole, like the generation that's growing up right now mm. are going to perhaps realize something uh, deeper and more mysterious about the world? Because again, something like this happening that almost nobody ex- uh, expected, mm. even though there are people who said that like, oh, there is, there is going to be a pandemic because we have one every whatever, a hundred or 200 or whatever amount of years. Right. And, uh, the the fact that everyone's lives can just change in a day, like mm. so easily, like people don't go to school, they don't go to work, they mm. can't travel, like so many things. And I, what I've been thinking a lot is that like, if you're a child growing up right now, you're learning something so deep mm. that everything that you know about the world to be true can change in a day. Yeah. And because their brains are still, you know, malleable and, and still growing, I think I might be, again, completely wrong, but when they grow up, this is uh, experience so deep Mm. that perhaps they, as a generation, are able to see the world in a more mysterious uh, and uh, filled with possibilities than we are.
1: Yeah, maybe. Um, It's hard to answer, I guess, but... Being able to not travel anywhere as easily also creates this feeling of like mystery, maybe about other places, and maybe that can somehow be helpful. Um, I think like a big downside with the, with the whole pandemic sit- situation and a bit sad thing is that uh, we see that every country has become very individualistic in a, in a time of a crisis. That uh, we close the borders, we don't just agree on some common like solution for all of this, but everyone is just like on their own now somehow. And I think that creates a bit colder world which is not so nice to see that like once it really matters when we really have to collaborate we are just like it's like every man for themselves.
0: But don't you think it uh, might be the result of like the globalization that has gone on for such a long time because before like the last century the world had never been so united let's say mm-hmm. or there wasn't uh, this possibility to travel to see all the different cultures and we've gone so fast so far in one direction that like the pendulum had to swing back at some point and m- like hopefully maybe like right now we're going way too far with the isolation yeah. but we can find some midpoint where we are connected to the world but again like all of our stuff doesn't come from China and so on so that uh, that countries which we are trying to find out right now like how well can a country sustain itself without foreign trade and so on Yeah, Um, I think
1: it's um, yeah I mean uh, you're probably right I think we do need when something is going too far in one direction we do need some kind of opposing force to that so hopefully that is true that we are now like overly individualistic and we will kind of find like some balance in between and uh, generally, it's good not to, to take the world as we see it for granted. So I think uh, somehow we will, we will come out with, uh, with some kind of... Um, that we learn something from on the other side of
0: all of this in the end. Can you tell me about the time before Corona when you felt in awe of something? Uh, in, 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 in awe? In awe, like mystery or like mm. just, just mm. like, Wow. Yeah, I think like uh,
1: traveling in general has always made me feel this way. Just to see a new place that I didn't expect or, I mean, going to the I- to Iceland or Faroe Islands for the first time or going to Norway, shooting landscapes, uh, just going up on the top of a mountain and see these like amazing places that you didn't think exists. I mean, to see something with your own eyes is is something that you can't... Like experience in, in an image and uh, I guess that's like goes back to something that I'm really like chasing with my own work as well to try to like really try to capture like with like higher resolution cameras with more details and just really try to capture as much of pos- uh, as possible of this uh, to be able to share this feeling that I had when I was standing there on the top of a mountain myself. But it's a struggle that's really, really hard, I guess, to to, to do. But yeah, this like traveling and seeing places in general has really like big, made a big impression on me, and, and it, I'm I'm extremely grateful to be able to do this um, as a job to actually go to these places.
0: If tomorrow all computers and technology, except cameras, yeah. disappear from the world, yeah. what would you do?
1: I think creativity always finds a way, so there, there will definitely be another way of expressing yourself or doing things. I think if I was would be, have been born hundred years earlier or hundred years later, I, I think I would still have some kind of like feeling inside of me that I would need to express creativity. So I, I think there would be a different medium for it. I just happened to be born in a in a time that that another medium exists that fits me really well, I think. But do you think you
0: would rather lean towards, like, sculpture that mm. bends the mind or, like, drawings? It's a good question. I've I always been fascinated by
1: sculpturing, but I'm not sure if I have the skills to do it. I mean, it's the same with drawing. Like, I, I, I like drawing, but I'm not... I can't do it realistically enough, you know? Like, I don't have it in me to be able to draw exactly what i have in my my imagination so i think it was when i found photography and photo manipulation was the first time that i really found a medium that made it possible for me to really express what's in my head somehow so um, i mean if i wouldn't have the ability to to use camera and computers then i would have to explore other mediums and maybe illustration is not really for me completely i mean it's it's something in that direction but I, i think sculpturing would be very interesting there's a lot of room for uh, creativity in that because you can work in in another like space like you have like the three-dimensional space which makes it also interesting to play with someone.
0: Have you ever thought about
1: film? Film is a very interesting subject. I uh, have thought about it, but I think I've been a bit naive to think that it's something that can easily be translated to film because I think partly you have to, when you work with film, you need to work as a team. And like what I'm used to working, the way I work, I work on my own. I do everything my own. I sketch, I draw, I scout, I shoot, I put it all together myself. And with film, you have to collaborate. So it's a little bit of a different process. But also I somehow like that the the idea of creating a still image because it's uh, I create another world but I only capture this one single moment from that world and then it's up to the viewer to fill in the rest what happened before and what happened after and with film you would kind of like show this more so um, I kind of like that to not tell too much to people and then they have to like fill it in themselves but I think some ideas that I get these days they would be very suitable for um, for film it's almost like it's a scenario that requires like two or three different steps somehow and this is very hard to show in a still image so maybe
0: you you have also said that you capture ideas not moments and this is something Mm. that is very apparent in your work because it's like i said many times before it looks like you're trying to solve a puzzle that maybe is not possible to solve and um do you have any more idea ideas about that And Um, this is uh, because one of the reasons why I'm asking is because, again, I wouldn't call you a photographer because there is so much more that Mm. you do. You Mm -hmm. use photos as a part of your work, which is much, much bigger. And again, it's like photography usually captures moments or it usually captures whatever else, events or people or, uh, but uh, you capture ideas.
1: Yeah. I mean... It is wrong to call myself a photographer in a sense because it's not the traditional type of photography. I think it goes within somehow the field of photography, but I guess to be more accurate, I would call myself a visual artist that uses photography as my medium to create the ideas in my head. Uh, I mean, nothing is... Uh, there are no illustrated elements or computer-generated elements, so it's all like my own photographs that I photograph and put together. So... Um, I still feel like it is some kind of photography, I guess, but it does sometimes, I guess, make people a bit, uh, I don't know, like they, they think it's not the correct title, but, which I can understand of course, but it's a quite new area, which doesn't really have a good title. I mean, like I don't call myself a retoucher because that's someone that just change and manipulate images, uh, I think photographer is the closest to like a traditional title of, of what it is that I do.
0: When I was looking at your website, I how do I say it? I have a lot of respect for you for being very upfront about uh, what's going on behind the scenes. Mm. Uh, like you have, you had like almost like uh, instructions on how you put together your computer for yourself and mm. all the all the equipment that you use. Because obviously, this is something that is very important in your work. Because Without that, it it would be very, very hard to do what, you, what you're doing. And it's just, it's very refreshing and beautiful to see that you're just, you're showing it. You're, mm. you're not trying to hide it. You're not trying to make it like a complete mystery how your work mm. is made. How come?
1: Well, yeah, I think it's a bit of a balance. I don't want to show everything because I think it's, uh, it should be partly mystery as well. But I think that it's... Uh, To give an insight into the process, to show the amount of work that actually lies behind creating one of these images, it kind of gives you a better understanding of... uh what it actually is. I think the biggest misconception with my work is that it's something that you make in Photoshop, and uh, of course Photoshop is an important part of, part of the process, but it's just one step of the process. And the sh- and the photography is is even more important that to have good material to work with. And planning in a way is even more important than the photography because like you can't take a good picture unless you plan it well. So nothing is a coincidence. Everything is very we- carefully planned with my work, and that makes it take a lot of time. But it also I think creates a better end and I also don't think that uh, the tools shouldn't be like the secret somehow I think that creativity is um, there's so much creativity as as many people I mean every as many minds there are as many creativities there are in a way like the imagination is so big and uh, I think uh, we just make the world a better place if more people can be into art and creating these kind of things so uh, I think there's enough space for for everyone
0: No, I think uh, the way that you do it is uh, in a way even more uh, artistic because... By giving away all of your tools, showing how you do those things, like you are letting everyone know that, see, like there are no like hidden secrets. It's like you can buy the equipment, you can buy the camera, you can visit Sweden or you can go to Iceland or whatever. Like it is possible for everyone to do that. And the artist is not somebody who has all the right equipment. The artist is somebody who actually uses it.
1: Exactly, I think uh, in the end it it really comes down to which I've said before that imagination. The only thing that limits us is our imagination. That should be the limit, not the tools that you're using. I mean, today I'm shooting with a with a very like advanced, uh, expensive Hasselblad camera, but I started out with a with a much simpler camera, and it's only because I like doing really big prints. But the idea is not in the size of the print. I mean, like you can make ideas and and creative things just with a with a phone camera as well.
0: One of the people that I love to bring up all the time, uh, and it's more in relation to film, but it's uh, Charlie Chaplin. Mm. Because I'm sure you've seen some of his uh, films at some point or some of his works. Yeah, Back when he had a camera, a black and white camera that was like 14 frames per second or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he had nothing except that absolutely nothing. And you have in most uh, scenes and most frames that you have, you have a camera that's just standing still in place mm. and you have people doing amazing things that most uh, filmmakers t- still do th- this day. They're not, not making things that are visually as appealing, as, as masterful as what uh, Charlie Chaplin uh, did. And it's like, it feels to me, and I've thought about that for years and years, the more technology we get and create... more we think that we need it but when you like just go back in time and see what people did with like a hundred times less than what you have in your phone nowadays Mm. you see that like oh yeah there is never an excuse that you can't do something because you don't have the right gear or you don't have the right light or you don't have the right whatever yeah yeah
1: no i think it's a very good point i think um i mean they had a lot of limitations and I think a lot of creativity is also in limitations because it forces you to think a certain way and, and think about a solution within this kind of like limitation. And I think that was what they had back then. And Now we have this all this crazy technology and if you have money, you can just make anything, I guess. But it takes
0: away the... the yeah, I don't know something like when yeah. you look at the Charlie Chaplin picture mm. and when you compare it to a Marvel movie mm. I'm sorry but there is a lot more magic in a Charlie Chaplin uh, movie than there is in a Marvel movie
1: yeah it is because it's just you know that they are somehow just in front of a green screen there's nothing real there and like even with the Star Wars movies and and it's like they did it more like, I mean, they relied on real on real things and I, I think this just practical effects is something that is slowly at least coming back a bit more now because like d- there is something to it that it's hard to put a finger on but really like it, it does something and, and uh, this is something I felt a long time as well that I, I just want to do this. But do, doing props and building things, it's also like part of part of me is also like, it's a nice way to get away from the computer just mm-hmm. to do something for real, do it with your hands and like, if I wanted to look as realistic as possible I mean like why not just try to build it it takes a bit more time maybe but it also saves time in the post work so and uh, I I think just by by making it for real you you make it you capture it more realistically from the beginning
0: Absolutely and again there is just there is something that you can't fake with computers and yeah. it's people interacting with objects. And if, if you have mm. like, if you have a green box in your hands and it's supposed to be a tiger, I'm sorry. Like no matter how good the CGI is, it doesn't look like a tiger. And this is the compliment that I paid to you yesterday as well. And I'm happy to pay it again because you have used real objects in your photos. Like you don't do mm. like too much fakery. Mm. And that's why everything, it looks, it looks very simple in a way but it also looks very real. It doesn't look like, oh, I can't believe that Mm. this world would exist because you're actually using real objects.
1: Yeah, that's like part of the question I want to ask with my work as well. There's like a technical aspect of it that like when people see the behind the scenes videos, they can get an idea of like, ah, okay, he does it like this. He does shoots a lot for real and stuff. But then when you see some of the images that don't have a behind the scenes video, then people can also start thinking about, okay, this can't be real, but where, what, parts of it can be real. What is actually shot on location? It, it starts to make people think about this as well. And as a very technically interested person also, this is kind of like sometimes how I approach exhibitions as well. If you go to like a photo exhibition with people doing like photo manipulation, I I, I go up and like look like five centimeters away from the print just to see the little transitions mm. and stuff. And uh, I don't know. Uh, it's just a fun part of it as well.
0: Do you have any like uh, grandiose plans that you're not... Uh not yet sure if they're possible to make mm. or that would take like a long, long time to make.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I do have a lot of ideas all the time and, and a lot of them are not really... It doesn't make sense to make them, I guess, because it's just too complicated. I need two advanced props. I need to be in a different perspective that it's not really possible to find. But I try to keep these in the back of my head and at some point maybe I, I get to an opportunity where there is like a way that I can capture some of this. But uh, at the moment, I just feel like I have this like ongoing process with just like making more of these images. I come up with more ideas than I have time to realize, which kind of becomes some kind of quality versus quantity thing which is good that I just pick the best ones somehow so at the moment I think I will just keep doing what I'm doing uh, with these products and uh, hopefully it will still be relevant and interesting for people to look at as well uh, I'm still very excited about it but you know like we'll, we'll see
0: no, I'm uh, like it's so <laughs> uh, again. It's so different. Having seen those photos before online yeah. and actually seeing them like full yeah. sized on the walls next to each other, it's uh, it's very good. It's it's just it's a wonderful, wonderful experience.
1: Yeah, t- to me the end product. Although I'm a digital artist in the sense that like it's captured with the digital camera, then I retouch everything in the computer. I always see the end product as a, as a fine art print, like a really big print, like the ones we have here at the exhibition. So. Um, that's the the true way of of experiencing my work. So I really hope that as many people as possible will come here and really have a have a closer look at the works, just like the way you describe.
0: Do you have any beliefs that other people would describe as silly? That I have somehow? That you have? Yeah,
1: yeah. I guess so. I, I it's. Uh, I mean, maybe I think that we can make the world a better place with more art. And I think that's maybe not what everyone agrees upon. I think uh, just in general that we can, uh, to like illustrate beautiful things, sometimes silly things, and also sometimes important
0: questions
1: in art, it can it can really like affect people in the way that they think. And I, I really truly believe this.
0: Why do you think we have a, a faculty or a possibility to even create art? What is it inside of us? Why do we need it? What's the... You know, do you see what I'm... Yeah, asking? I think
1: it's like, why do we dream? Why do we have to create art? It's just something really part of our human nature that, that's, I mean, we can date back to as, as long as we can see humans uh, existing, as just as long we can, we can we can find traces of art in some way that people had needs to express themselves. And... Uh, Maybe it's just part of like it's a consequence of our consciousness that we have like uh, these like ideas and things that we think about and maybe like a byproduct of that is just art that we have to like we have the need to express ideas that we can share with others as well. So uh, I, I don't know. Like it's it's a good question, but I'm not sure if I'm the right person to answer it. Really, yeah, I
0: don't think that anybody's <laughs> the right person to answer like this because it's it's something yeah. that obviously there isn't the right answer. There is yeah. just people's opinions and what we what we feel. And um, but it's uh, it's interesting to see the way that other uh, other people think about art, because in our culture, Mm. art is very much talked about as being like a way to um, express like your uniqueness, basically. But when we go back in time just a little bit, and I've listened to like uh, Christian uh, carvers talk about that. And it's that art didn't used to be what it is now. Art used to be a tool to uh, like... Uh, progress and uh, celebrate your culture. And it wasn't something like that you mm. do outside of your culture because over the past 60 years, let's say, most art has been counterculture, if you see what I mean. Yeah. I and, but mean. art used to be tech culture, mm. you know, like mm. iconic carvings and uh, and old paintings and uh, you could take Da Vinci, you take Mich- uh, Michelangelo uh, and all those people. Yeah. It used to be for the greater, uh, greater good of whatever the society is at that point. Mm. But we've like... And I don't know if that says something about the art or I think it says more about society that right now art and society are kind of like opposing forces in some way
1: yeah Uh, I think it says more about society maybe somehow it's 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 an interesting reflection yeah I mean I guess I just express like the I, I do capture a lot of Sweden, so in a way it's my culture, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be like that. It's uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like, I'm also colored by society, I guess. And like, if I would have been born like 100 years earlier, maybe I would just feel like um, making, I would just, if I would feel the need to make art, maybe it would just be more connected to the culture, you know.
0: But even if we take something like you've, uh, in the last few years, you've made some pieces that are kind of. Uh let's say, critical of what we're going through right now. Like uh, Mm. if we take the work, I'm not sure what the name is, of where you have like the the big uh, rock that's being carved from underneath where you have the city on top. Demand and supply. Yeah, Yeah, demand and uh, supply. It's, again, you see something that is art is trying to tell the world like, hey, we're going in a in Mm. a wrong direction and this Mm. is something like I'm I'm taking a completely different example but the last podcast I did with Jimmy Nelson Mm. who takes photos of the indigenous peoples and it's also like in a way yes this is is, that's what he's doing he's taking photos of indigenous peoples Mm. but it's telling us that like hey 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 we've gone so far in the direction of uh, just supply and demand that we're eating other people's food basically and we're stealing their land and, and all that kind of things so again Perhaps there is a question somewhere there. <laughs> I have no idea. This is just what.
1: Yeah, but it's it, no. It's an interesting. Um, it's it's quite obvious that we're using the world in an unsustainable way, and and that's not really like just by me making an image about it, it doesn't maybe change anything. But it's still like you can't highlight this enough. I think there's like no. We should not just like stop thinking about it,
0: and I think it's relevant to make art about this. So perhaps, and this is just again. What I'm thinking right now, I have no idea where this is is coming from. Perhaps when our society is going in the wrong direction, it is the compulsion of the artist, let's say, to try to correct that or to shine a light on it, to see like, hey, this is what we're doing and perhaps this is wrong or perhaps this is something that we should be thinking about. And maybe when we get the society moving in let's say the correct direction that mm. is like more harmonious with nature and with mm. the universe or whatever perhaps then art also becomes something that is pushing that forward and not critiquing or commenting it, on it so much anymore
1: yeah well i think art can be going both ways at the same time and and uh, i think that's the thing with art that like you don't you can't really I mean, art is about making something unexpected. I think not always, but many times. And I think, I, I think it's really hard to say what art should do. I think that's exactly what art shouldn't yeah, do. And, yeah, okay, and this
0: is yeah because this is, cause that that's, that wasn't even what I was no, trying no, no, no. to say. But it was just like just wondering, like what's yeah. that, What's like the main main course that art is taking in the culture? Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's change gears a bit. Uh, can you tell me? Uh, of a time in let's say the past three four five years when you have changed uh, your mind about something important oh wow
1: just a question
0: out of the blue like that <laughs> uh, well
1: I think it's 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 okay to change your mind about things and and I think it's something that i i I don't have a problem doing um, but uh, it's hard to just find an example on the from the top of my head like this um i might have to i need some time to digest that's okay that you question. can digest that yeah. a bit we yeah. can
0: uh we can move this is the next question i'm going to ask and this is with all due respect and <laughs> it's it's just uh again yesterday i was walking around in the exhibition and i just felt like hmm how many of those ideas has eric come up with while sober <laughs> yeah i uh i i
1: mean I would say that i'm I'm sober for most times <laughs> uh no, but I think it's like it's not really like uh that that like drugs or alcohol or anything really like boosts uh, my creativity. I would say that it's really like um these ideas as surreal and strange as they are they do need to make sense in this strange universe that I'm creating. And this requires me to be focused and it requires me to think in a logical way, a logical way about something surreal or strange. And uh, uh, the process of coming up with these ideas is very long and takes a lot of time. So it's it's usually like something that grows over longer time. I mean, maybe it's possible that I will have a beer and then think about something <laughs> interesting that could add something to the idea. But definitely, uh, it, it's a it's a very sober and and like uh, uh,
0: aware process of of building these ideas. You know? Okay, because <laughs> uh, one of the reasons why I ask is obviously because when I look at those works, and not with all of them, but with some of them, they do remind me of times when. Uh, I've been under the influence of uh, many different uh, beautiful things that this world has to offer to us, mm. and it's just—it's like this because I have been in a changed uh, perceptive state. Mm. Then uh, I have—I the, see something, or, or I think of something, or something uh, like gets into my head, mm. and I have like this—this, this, let's say, a still image of it. But again, when I'm When I'm sober again, then when I'm sober, I get to actually try to like... try to fit it into the normal world. Yeah. Or I, I try to like understand if, if it's even possible to, in some way, um, manifest it in a normal world. And this is, the, this is the feeling that I get with a lot of your work as well. Uh,
1: but do you manage somehow?
0: Like from the, these
1: visions you have, can you translate that to something that makes sense? The, uh, I, think?
0: I, it's, I know that it's possible. It mm. would be possible for me to translate them into uh, film. Mm, mm, mm. Again, uh, the, see the, the, the format of film, but with many artists that I know and that I really, really admire, yeah. they are able to uh, transcribe it onto a piece of paper or again digitally.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: and and Rob Gonzalves would be one of those examples because it's it's again mm-hmm. it's this it's it's again it's almost like your brain is trying to solve a puzzle and it's not quite possible to solve it, but you wanna you you see something and you see something in a way that most people are not able to see things and you feel like oh I have to share this and that's why that's why you make something like that
1: yeah yeah that's that's yeah I mean I think there are many different ways for creativity also and I think like uh Affecting your mind with uh, like chemically can uh, can probably be one way, <laughs> but but it's not really for me. I, I have to be really like aware when I'm when I'm creating. I think,
0: and uh, I think that even for people, whether they're musicians or artists or painters or filmmakers or whatever, like the people, or let's say I don't know the Beatles or whatever, mm. the people who can have profound ideas or interesting thoughts. With the help of uh, nature's wonders, are people who have that ability anyway. Mm. And you know these are just the things that help them discover them. Let's say, yeah, but again, be. you have to you have to be like you can be with most forms of art. I guess you can be drunk in any way to yeah, have mm. the ideas, but you have to be sober to actually implement them.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. I think it's like I mean, as a perfectionist, it's real like a lot of the planning and everything. I really really need to be focused. I guess like I'm not really enjoying the photography part of the. I mean, I am enjoying it in the sense that like when I see the image in the back of the camera I can really enjoy the result of this already on the location but to me shooting is 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 the most stressful part of this process because like in all other parts I can really take the time that I need but when shooting I really have to capture the light as usually like everything is changing and I have to find the perfect spot and everything and this is quite stressful part of it what's the part that you enjoy the most Um, this is also very hard to just say generally I think sometimes it can just be like coming up with an idea that is really funny this could be like I can almost laugh for myself which is like ridiculous somehow but uh, I I think generally the the part that I enjoy the most would be after I photograph everything and I just like sit in like peace and quiet and can go through everything and I already get a sense of like okay what I think this will actually look like sometimes I see it already on the back of the camera and I can feel really like enjoyment in that. But but for most parts, it's more when I start to roughly put it together or just go through the selection.
0: But when you have a thought for some new project yeah. and you, you understand like, oh, this is going to be good. This, yeah, it, yeah. There's the enjoyment you get out of that. Yeah, there's a lot of enjoyment out of that, yeah. But yeah. that
1: that's the problem like with coming up with ideas it's always you're all bit colored of the moment and and I always feel like when I come up with a new idea it's like an amazing idea you know mm-hmm. but then you you have to you don't stress it just like put it away for a couple of days look at it again if it still feels like an amazing idea then it maybe actually is an amazing idea but yeah. for most parts you kind of like realize like okay that it was maybe not as good as you thought
0: <laughs> and from that I actually have the que- uh, answer to your question that you asked before about like the ideas that you uh, get and trying to transcribe them into the mm-hmm. world because i also do stand-up comedy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. with stand-up comedy i have the exact same thing that you described you have an idea yeah, and yeah you're like ah, yeah, yeah. oh, this is like this is something and if i ch- just find the right words and the right tone to say it i know that i can i can explain because my the way i see the world and my stand-up is, is there's a lot of like it's not nonsense, but it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's again it's it's a crazy type of thinking. It's not like logical and like uh, rational and so on. Yeah. And and since most people don't think in that way, it's it's in a way similar to what you do because most people don't see the world that way. You have to do your work super super well for people mm. to see like oh hey this could be real but it's not real yeah. and this is what I need to do with my like stand up as well is because I have to explain something that most people don't think about in a way that enters their brain yeah, it's very interesting I think it's like very similar to type of creativity in that sense like the
1: process of coming up with something you have to play with words to create something unexpected and creative and, yeah and, but, it, and, and, but it also has
0: to, it has to make sense but at yeah, the same yeah, yeah, time yeah. it's like those words are not supposed to be in that order they don't make <laughs> sense but if you say them in the right way they do and people come along yeah. with you and they're like oh I was so confused but at the same time it made sense and this yeah. is the same thing that we have with, the, with your work
1: very interesting yeah I think it's like yeah for me it's about finding the vision balance between the surreal and impossible and the real so finding that balance somehow and, and, and in stand up I guess it's similar in that sense too maybe for musicians as well you know creating a piece of music can also be it's about harmony mm-hmm. and that's what we're trying to do as well with stand up and, and, and images as well create a harmony
0: okay I'm gonna ask you one or two last questions and if you have a, an answer for the part where you've changed your mind, yeah. uh, you can you can tell me that as well. But uh, I guess one of the last things, and it's again, it's coming back to many of the things that I mentioned because this has been the most interesting part of your work for me, is uh, have you had, let's say, themes that you've seen throughout your life that have played out or have there been like... Um, like again like issues or or problems that you've always tried to solve or something like um what's the right way of saying it seeing seeing patterns or things turn up in your life again and again and, and again or ha- have there been something that you feel like oh I was trying to solve this 5 years ago and 10 years ago and 15 years ago mm-hmm. and in some way I'm trying to solve that thing again
1: um yeah I'm not specifically patterns i think it's more i mean if you choose to see patterns maybe you see them somehow i think it's more that like i'm constantly on the move i guess somehow and this is something that has kept me inspired and also kept me like a little bit from settling down somewhere and that's maybe it's a little bit not not completely related to this with the patterns but uh, it's something that has been like going going on in my life for the past 10 years that I've been like away from Sweden I've been moving around and, and just in a chase of like I don't know if it's like for finding some kind of place where I feel like I belong or if it's just like a chase of creativity or or I don't know what I'm chasing really, but I'm chasing something. Mm
0: -hmm. And this is, okay, this is very good because uh, yesterday, again, you talked about and I've seen you uh, write or answer in interviews also Mm. that there's this nostalgia for this place where you grew up and there is, like, perhaps there is this child inside of you, there is just like longing for that safe, secure, beautiful yeah. place where you grew up. And why I'm saying this on the third floor, I'm not sure if you've seen Sebastiao Salgado's gold yet that we have here. I on. didn't
1: have a chance to look yet, okay. but I want to really it But have you know who Sebastiao Salgado yeah, is, yeah, a, I do I'm sure.
0: Yeah. He said in an interview, and it was so beautiful, he said like, when you look at most of his works he has a very specific way of shooting he shoots a lot like against the light mm-hmm. and uh, he was describing how when he was a child and when he was growing up he had like in his yard some trees or whatever and he, he remembers so clearly the sun shining to, through those leaves and mm-hmm. him like listening to his mother speak about something and, and just having this strong strong uh, memory of the light hitting his eyes in a certain way. Yeah. And he's been taking photos for like almost 60 years. Mm. And still every time he takes a photo, mm. he tries to find the feeling that he had when he was six. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And the sun was hitting his face in exactly that <laughs> way.
1: Yeah, it's interesting.
0: It's like you're chasing something that maybe is unchaseable, but you yeah. but like part of it is just about the chase. You know? But at the same time, you're not only chasing it because you have a deep desire to share it with the world. Yeah. And so you have felt something that was so beautiful and so deep and so fulfilling. Mm. For maybe once in your life, or for a period in your life, but it was so fulfilling that you can spend your entire life trying to give that same feeling to strangers.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, well said. I think uh,
0: it's a very beautiful concept, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I think I'm, 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 I myself, I think I'm just chasing some kind of nostalgia or like. Uh, childhood memories that i that i can't really define somehow but i think like this is a feeling that i'm it's very undefined but it's like a feeling i'm I'm trying to capture in my work i guess but i'm not sure exactly what it is and i'm not sure exactly what i'm chasing but i'm chasing something <laughs> beautiful
0: uh, i think that's a beautiful place to end yeah thank you thank you very much eric Thanks Thanks for nice, me. To to you. Yeah, nice to talk to you beautiful talk to you bye-bye
1: bye-bye